this is that other sports shit. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I told you that we would be, and generally, I don't lie about it. Uh, you're here with me, Jesse Thomas. You got Mr. Jason Valdez on the other side. Jay, what's up? I'm happy to be back. Interesting weekend. Interesting weekend of fights. Big fight just announced. And most importantly, the NBA playoffs are back. And nothing gets me going. Nothing gets my juices flowing. Nothing gets me more haunt, hashtag haunt, than NBA playoff basketball. You want to talk about big, meaty men slapping meat. It's five on five at its highest level, Jess. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Uh, shocking events in the world of the play-in. Uh, we'll go over. Shocking event just announced. Jake Paul, America's favorite guy to love to hate. Yes. It's just been announced that he will, it is official, he will meet Nathan Diaz in a boxing ring. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I got excited. I was in the gym. This came across my ESPN little blop at the top of my phone. I said, what? I stopped everything, put weights down. I went in. I read it. I had to make sure that it was for real. I am super stoked for this. Jason and I talk about this a lot. We love the freak show fights. I say put more on. Sport. Put them all on. Make them all freak show fights from here on out. I don't give a damn. That makes the sport that much more interesting and fun. This is and should be considered a freak show fight. And this is where we're going to start the show. So I'm torn on this one, Jess. I go, I go two ways. One, prize fighting. It's good to see the boys get the bag. If you're a fan of the Diaz brothers, if you're a fan of the Diaz army, it's great to just see these guys get paid at the tail end of their careers. But we are just there. The tail end. And I hate the idea, and it's going to happen, of getting myself slowly but steadily excited for a fight that I know he probably doesn't have a chance in. And here's why I don't think he has a chance. Give it to me. One, he's going up in weight. And I don't want to say drastically, but but it applies. Like 20 pounds. And I know we're so used to it in mixed martial arts where you go the difference between 170 and 185. You know, it isn't that that big of a difference, but I look at Paul, who looks easily 200 pounds, maybe 195, and he's pretty ripped. He's loaded. And I look at Nate, and when I've seen Nate at 170, he's kind of fat. He's kind of, he's not, he's not the, the you know, the ripped Diaz that we're used to seeing, that, the, you know, the guy that does, that, that prides himself in being a triathlete, a triathlete if you will. So I hate the, the thought of, okay, so how is Nate going to win this fight? Is he going to wait until the later rounds and be able to take advantage of Paul? I don't think he's going to be able to do that. Is he going to be able to have a large punch output 
I think he can get away with that in, in, in the cage. I don't think you can get away with that in boxing. It's just different. And I think the things that make him so dangerous in a cage, we're subtracting that in a boxing ring. You have to eliminate the, the, the thought of a takedown. You have to eliminate the thought of he's going to be kicking at your legs. You have to eliminate the thought of this guy can turn me into a pretzel. Because none of that happens in a boxing ring. You're just boxing. I know he has an incredible boxing pedigree. I'm going back to the Andre Ward stuff in the early 2000s. And, and, but that, again, that, that's 20 years ago. And I was thinking this too, Jess. I watched this guy in a WEC cage 20 years ago before the Ultimate Fighter. He has so much ring wear and tear. Just the, you, what, what is just, how do I say this? The attrition, if you will, of being in combat sports for 20 years. All of this to me negates, well, Paul is uh, a little bit inexperienced, if you will. I don't think we can say that anymore because he's got X amount of years with the pro fights, but also sparring and just boxing. I, I am going to have a very difficult time wavering off of Paul wins this fight. I don't think Paul knocks him out, but I don't think Nate really has a shot. Give me some scratch of surface thoughts here, Jess. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> shout out to at smash squad MMA. He sends me on the daily delightful pics of scantily clad Mandy Rose. On the daily. Thank you, Smash Squad MMA. You're my guy. Um, I just made a bet with him because he had responded to one of my tweets about how I had said, hey, man, good for Nate. I think he's got this fight. Is He's got the bag. And he said, nah, Nate's going to get smashed. He ain't, he ain't no good. Nate has the experience both in the cage as well as the ring uh, as far as boxing is concerned. Him, <laughs> him and his brother Nick were huge boxers growing up. They, they have be, a pedigree. They That's have the thing a pedigree. That people seem to sleep on. And I do not want to discredit that just because he spent the majority of his time is, is being an athlete in a cage of some kind. And he has almost strictly, outside of his jujitsu, which is also amazing, strictly gone uh, stand up when he fights. That he fights stand up to either get the knockdown and finish it on the ground, or he gets those weird. Uh, unanimous decision fights where, as you said, he just pours out such an uh, uh, the output, you know, of of punches, just the 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 mass <laughs> quantity of punches, and he usually can do some damage from there. And we've seen him knock guys out with you know the the little they don't look effective. They're not a Chuck Liddell big wind up punch knockout. It's it's just a large output of punches that do damage which with each strike and then eventually the brain just will shut down. I don't know if that happens. I don't think either man gets a knockout, but I will say I just made a bet a wager with Mr. Smash Squad MMA saying, "Hey, if if Paul wins, you get to pick my profile picture for one week." Oh, no, you did this? I did this. Oh, this is the worst. I this is where I'm going with this. No, and this if is I, not going to end well for you. If Nate wins, and I am largely leaning, obviously, Nathan Diaz, Mr. Nathaniel Diaz, going to go in there and get the job done and collect the bag. 
and talk so much shit that the world will not be able to handle this man for much longer. I think that I will then get to pick his profile picture for one week. So again, output of punches, I think is going to do the majority of damage. Paul is not necessarily a defensive tactician in the ring. He takes a lot of damage. He goes kind of bull into the matador uh, as style of his boxing and I think that that almost plays into Nate's uh, uh, his 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 wheelhouse. So I think that Nate's going to just stack up the punches. It's going to look good because there's going to be damage on Paul. It's going to go to a decision. I think uh, Nate will somehow be able to squeak a decision out. The opposite hate- side. The opposite side of this is when one fighter, and we've seen this over time, when one fighter has power in the gloves, that is the ultimate like uh, n- negating everything. But I think Nate's smart enough to stay away from Paul's power punches. I think this is the difference, though. Like, this is that, that's where the weight difference, the, the, the discrepancy, if you will, is going to play a huge factor. Because it's one thing when you're fighting someone like Leon Edwards, who has great pop in his gloves, but he's, he's, he's not really going to knock you out, as opposed to someone like Paul, who has a pretty lethal straight right hand and loves to throw it, loves to throw it. The thing that is going to give Nate issues in this fight, in my opinion, is the straight right hand. If Paul can utilize straight right hand straight down the pipe, he could, I don't want to say he can, man, he might be able to knock Nate out. Now, Nate's never been knocked out. So that's the thing is you go, wait, there's no evidence to us seeing Nate ever be knocked out. He's been stopped in a fight but he's never been knocked out. And that's where, to me, you go, well, you can get stopped in boxing, too. You can be overwhelmed in a boxing match, too, where Paul's applying pressure and beating him up and and hitting him with shots, and and Nate's just never going to go down, and the ref's going to go, all right, I'm stopping this. You're taking too much damage. I also worry about the the scar tissue of Nate, and it's it's just piled up on it you know what i mean he just has so much scar tissue over both eyes like he always tends to get cut in the worst places and in a boxing match when you're when you get cut over your eye and you can't see and that guy's just jabbing at it jabbing at it and rubbing that that glove leather in it dude it's i don't know i'm gonna be rooting for nate again (laughs) team diaz for life but i just i cannot feel comfortable in any scenario saying I see Nate winning that fight unless I'm, I'm going to try and do reckless speculation. The same thing I did when I picked uh, Justin Gaethje over Fiziev is maybe the punch output later in the fight gives Paul just absolute fits and he is able to catch him with a a good combination. Also, maybe he just beats Paul's body up. Maybe he just destroys Paul's body with liver punches and shit like that. And, and that that's going to be the be all end all. But I don't see it, Jess. I let, really let, let me let me let me send you a question real quick. If it was the other Diaz, yeah, in different. this fight, that's way would, would it differ? Would your would your pick? Differ? Yes. But yes, I would. I would feel a lot more comfortable 
with it being Nick than it is Nate. And I've seen Nick knocked out like recently. I, I just feel like stylistically, that's a way better fight for Nick than it is Nate. Cause Nick's just a bigger dude. Yeah. Nick's just naturally physically bigger. And although he's been in more wars, I just, I, I would tend to favor him a little bit more. Not saying that I would favor him period. Just saying you that would I would feel better him, about it. I'd favor him a little bit more. So I, 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 I take, I take Paul. I take, I take. I, I'm still taking Paul, but I, it that feels, that feels more like a pick'em. I can, I can talk myself into Nick winning that fight because <laughs> I've seen it. I've, I've, I've seen him pull himself off out of the, the depths of hell and losing a fight versus Robbie Lawler. Man, that Paul Daly fight. Are you Paul kidding me? Daly, I just yeah. look at that Paul Daly fight and go, well, and can't. But that's 20 years ago. Jesus. When that fight was happening, Jake Paul was watching fucking Elmo. And Jake <laughs> Paul was watching fucking Barney. It was, it was Nick free. and Gomi, correct? Uh, in Gomi. Pride. That was that was Nick who fought Gomi, right? Gomi was... Yeah, but, Nick, but, and, but Gomi was small. Gomi was way But small. I'm just I saying, like, I mean, dude. Gomi was a beast. I, I, for one, still recognize him as one of my all-time favorite uh, fighters of all. Gomi was just, he was just something different. But he was small. But he my was point. smaller. He was small. I want when I'm looking at Nate, I'm look, I'm gonna, when I'm looking at Nick, I'm looking at the big dudes he fought. He fought big dudes. That's, it's, Nate's not, Nate hasn't fought bigger dudes. No. All right, Jess. We spent a lot of time on this. Let's move into let's the NBA. It. Let's move into some basketball. Let's get, no, no. What about the UFC? Oh, you want to do UFC? Quick, 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 quick. Okay, UFC. let's go UFC. Will you please pull up the last week's fights? I'm going to be honest with you. We can do co-main event and main event. And the comedy in this is is just this. I started watching that Masvidal fight. Masvidal versus Burns. Gilbert Burns. And I don't know if it was just a long day. You know, I did all my Easter stuff on Saturday. I fucking fell asleep during that fight, Jess. <laughs> I did. I fell asleep. Right, Either right in between the first and second round or right when the second round started. But I fucked around and fell asleep and woke up and it was... And I slept for a minute because I woke up and it was like right before they brought out Izzy and Perea. So I, I was asleep a minute. I was probably asleep maybe 30 minutes. All right. So I have the card. I believe this is the main the main event stuff. Uh let's this start was with a good Ke- card, I believe, right? What, yeah, what was what was go with the main what was, the, Let, what was let's the start with Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis. Okay, quickly. This fight was a banger. This fight was fun. This was the fight I was hoping we would get out of Gastelum. Uh stock high on Gastelum again. And uh, I don't know if it's just the styles make fights, but Action Man was just that. He was there to fight. Action Man's body work was some of the best body work I've seen from a moment. For, I, I feel like I say this once a month now. But I feel like <laughs> you just don't get enough guys in cages throwing body work. My man was throwing body work like Holyfield. Like, he was fucking brutal. But Gaston looked good. Really light on his feet, Jesse. Gaslam was sharp, man. Uh, his his, his uh, punches and, and kicks, everything was really pointed. He he had a he came in there with a mission. He executed the game plan well. He he still took some damage like like Kelvin does in all of his fights. 
Um, but he did appear to be the stronger man towards the end. And I think that's what helped him get that edge in the decision is that action man just kind of looked a little bit flat in the, in the, in the last round. Uh, both guys really came and banged. Like you said, it was a really fun fight. I action man, I think has plenty of fights left. I don't think that Gastelum does. So I would love to see like one last potential run by Gasolum. He, he's, yes. I, I think that fans of the sport deserve to see this man make one last kick at the bucket and, and just try to go for it. You know, I know that he has already said that he's, he really wants uh, that rematch with uh, Izzy which I think is yeah. a horrible at this point no. in time in careers, I think is a horrible stylistic matchup. You know, at this how point you, time. you know how you get that fight, Jess? You fucking are the guy that fights Perea. Yeah. Be the guy that fights Perea. Um, and, and you know what, if that's a fight that they want to make to kind of like decide, you know, what's going to happen for number one contender or whatever. I mean, I I'm all for it again, freak fights, man. Like let's just throw people in the mix and let's, let's see what happens. Uh, Fuck the rankings. Uh, yeah, fuck the rankings. Uh, Christian Rodriguez. We yes. didn't, we did not shit on him. I just want to make that clear. We did not shit <laughs> on this man. We just said that <laughs> Rosas Jr. is gonna be a little bit stronger. Use some of that wrestling. No, nah, gonna... hey Jess, I called this one. Fuck that. I did not call it with regards to winners and losers. But what I said was. They are doing the thing with Roses where they were slowly progressing him. And he yes. was in a fight with a little bit of progression. He's fighting a tougher dude with a little bit better record. And this is what the UFC does with some of their younger guys. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. What you hope is he doesn't turn to Sage Northcutt. <laughs> what you hope is it what you hope is it doesn't turn into a Darren Till scenario where you're like, Damn, that guy's 21 getting knocked out by Masvidal. Like, that's what, that's what you hope. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I am Dana, if I'm the UFC brass, I fucking completely wipe the schedule and restart this kid. And, I mean, I'm not sticking him back in the contender series, but he's curtain jerking at the fucking performance center when they have those 1230 afternoon fights. He's I mean, got to go. He's got to go back to building a solid base of fighting different dudes, dudes that are older, dudes that are just, that, that come from great gyms like this dude came from. Uh, he, he's got to have those progressive fights before we just go, well, he's 19 and he's going to, and he's the fucking next Vitor Belfort. Like, again, the UFC hype machine, it works wonders. And sometimes you get shit like this. Like you're going to have, the good and the bad, you're going to get a good egg and a bad egg. And I'm not saying Rosas is a bad egg. It's just, it's too soon. And yeah. let's, let's set it back a little bit. Let's slow it down. Don't have them opening a pay-per-view, please. It's too much. That was, that was a pretty big deal. Uh, the kid is young, like uber young, right? He's 18, 19 years old. He's got lots and lots of time to continue training build that skill set off of the, he's got a pretty tremendous skill set as it is. Get him back in the gym immediately. That would be my recommendation. Yep. Do not yep. let him take time off. You put his ass back in the gym yesterday, and you make him start sparring. You make him start rolling, and you just get that momentum back up. Do not let him sit on this loss. Because being a young man and and taking that first L after, and let's be real, he talked a whole lot of shit before this fight, like a whole lot of okay. shit. He's eighteen. He's, so, a, he's 18. exactly. He's but you do not after you do not want to let him sit on this L 
for too long. So you get him back in the gym, get him back training, and then try to try to score up a fight sometime in the next three months. Uh, Christian Rodriguez, though, come on, man. Let's face it. This kid, he's no joke. He's in the same linear movement as Rosas Jr., I believe. And I mean, he was a, yeah, you're right. He's a contender series. But yeah. He trains with the, the Pettis brothers. He trains at Rufus Sport. When you have these guys training at these top-tier gyms, they're getting beat up by top-tier guys all day. That kid Rosas broke at the two-minute mark. There were two minutes left in the second round, and the fight just completely fucking turned. And you could see that mentally the kid broke. And what that tells me personally is he's not getting his ass whooped in the gym enough. He's not rolling with guys that are on the same level competition-wise or better than him. You've got to have those days where you take L's in the gym. Otherwise, you're going to have fights like that. Yeah, You really fucking are. And I don't know how many amateur fights this kid had. Shout out to 559 Fights. But you got to go to events like this and build your pedigree in the sport by getting two or three amateur fights, by curtain jerking at the fucking performance center. Otherwise, you're going to have fights like this. Now, is that hard when you're 18 years old? Yeah, it is. But maybe he should be fighting Amy instead of fucking curtain jerking at the UFC. Here's the other thing, that, too. That's all I when, got on this fight. When you're, when, when you're doing that style of what you just said, you know, put him in a performance center fight. Put him, you know, he's going to a small, like, you know, uh, arena fight or whatever, you know, a high school kind of thing, a low setting. You get him some wins. It builds that confidence back up. That's what amateur fights are for. You build that 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 uh, amateur record. It gets him ready. And and the most yes, important it, it thing gets that, him, but just I, I don't mean to interrupt you. It gets you ready for the walk. It gets to you the ready. Cage. It gets you ready for what's going on backstage. It gets you ready for weigh-ins. It gets you ready for everything that happens. When you're walking into a fight, which is once that cage closes, it's the uh, unexpected. You have no idea what the fuck's going to happen. So you should be prepared as, as, as much as possible. And that's why you fight amateur. That's why you do all these things. And this is why it hurt this kid more than it helped him. Uh, but either regardless, I thought that the fight was was fairly entertaining. Both young and up and coming guys, and I and I like to see that the UFC Good needs fight. to start marking both. Hell, why not? Moving on, next fight was Kevin Holland. Oh yeah, Kevin Holland, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah, we knew it would be a banger. It was good. Two quick it was things. A banger. One, uh, Kevin Holland going. <laughs> Does it smell like weed in here? <laughs> You're in a live <laughs> fight. I've watched, I don't know, fucking 20,000 uh, fights. I've seen people in, you know, smoke some things inside of, uh, I've seen people smoke more things inside of, or out in outside boxing events than I have at, at cage events. But that's, that's just me. Uh, um, anyway, for him to just basically stop mid fight and go, you smell that? You smell that, bro? You smell what I'm smelling? And that that to me was that to me was unbelievable. Portezimo did the thing that I said that he should not do. He tried to stand with Kevin and he yeah. fuck got beat up. He got knocked out. If he would why didn't he shoot? He didn't shoot one fucking time the entire fight. I don't know why he decided to do some gentleman's agreement to stand and bang. It's a terrible, terrible game plan. Listen, I'm not his coach. I'm not trying to angle to be his coach. I'm just saying, like, why, why, why aren't you, why aren't you grappling with a dude that you know struggles grappling? 
You know, just just to be flat out honest, I'm not sure if I would trust Ponzinibbio's grappling anyway. I honestly don't think I. That's a good even, point. I don't think I That's even a remember. Very good point, dude. I don't even really remember seeing him in any of his fights grapple. He wins by big shots or he loses by big shots and that's his style i think that for you know aesthetically pleasing fight they that's why they put these two together because they knew that they weren't gonna go and and grapple fuck each other for 25 minutes or whatever you know they were gonna stand they're gonna bang somebody's gonna get knocked out kevin holland gets to win my thing that I, I took away from this was, uh, it, I believe it happened before the fight. Kevin Holland's out there taking pictures. This was all over the internet and everything, so I'm just going to mention I thought it was funny as hell. Uh, he, Some kid comes up and says, hey, you know, can I get a pick? Kevin's like, yeah, man, come on over. And just being a good dude, right? Kevin Holland's not an asshole. Mm-hmm. He comes over a kid. Somehow the kid's hand slips. I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know if it was by accident. Like, maybe the kid's nervous. But his hand slips, and he grabs Kevin Holland's butt. And Kevin oh, Holland turns and goes, hey, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he squeezes his butt? Yeah. Was it, This had to be like a prank. I, was the, the kid, guy the, fucking, was he trolling him? I, I have no idea. It looked like, I mean, the kid was just going up to take a picture. I have not seen hand, this, by the way. You, you've got to look this up. It's all over Twitter. I just wanted to say Kevin Holland is a king, man. I'm telling you. He just, Could it you imagine? It just happened, and Kevin Holland immediately was like, man, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. And, like, the kid just kind of hung his head and walked away. Like, that was that was the end of it. Funny shit. Well, poor Kevin is probably – Lord, no, there's so much going on in this guy's life. Seven days ago, he's fucking leaving the gym, smoking fatties in his car, and seven days later, he's talking to Donald Trump. Like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's in Donald Trump's, like, face, like, in his, like in his airspace. You know what I mean? Like literally a fucking face to face with the pres the former president. Like and Mike Tyson and Kid Rock. Like that's just a lot for a young man to absorb. So some dude just randomly grabbing his butt. I mean, he's got too much going on. There's there's already a possible overload in his brain. Like you get 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 the fuck away from the guy. You know what? I I agree with him. Give him I, a pass. I, I, I'm telling you right now, any fan, just don't go grab any athlete's butt, okay? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Just don't do Listen, it. You know what I mean? It's just bad. It's bad news, you know? Jesse and I are always trying to educate you guys. These these times are different than they were even five years ago. You can't just be putting your hand on a male's ass, on a female's ass, on anyone's ass. I, I took a picture. Uh, Paige Van Zant was down here on the Oregon coast. Uh, she okay. was with her team. And some of their amateur guys were fighting. And she was gracious enough to take a picture with me. And, you know, it's Paige Van Zandt, right? And she's very yep. tiny, super tiny. I'm six foot one. So she's like, she's just, I'm towering over her. And I put my arm around her. And her bodyguard kind of steps in. And I was like, what? You know, like, and he was like, hey, move your hand down. And because Whoa. I'm so tall. My hand was almost like grabbing her boob. And so oh like, I actually like her bodyguard literally was like, hey, put your hand down. So, so that, that's my that's my story. This is tricky because I'm when I I mean, I haven't taken a photo with someone famous in a minute, but I think you have to do the you either lean in or you do that fake arm around where the arm isn't all the way around him. It's not resting on him, but it looks like it can be. But that but that looks fake. But you you gotta be very wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, and the bodyguard did his job. He did his due diligence. He did, he's he like, did. get this creep 
Get this creep. Let's, let's see, creep. You drop your arm a few fucking inches. You're like, all right, my bad. Oh, my bad, man, my bad. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, what's next the next fight? fight? Rob Font, Adrian Yanez. This God damn, you nailed was... this one. You nailed this one. I was, I was just listening to you give your take on this fight, and you pretty much nailed it. Um, I was wrong. I went Yanez. Font hits fucking hard. Font was hitting Yanez so hard, you could see Yanez brain registering it at real time and going i don't like this i don't like this this is the this ain't it this is not it <laughs> he hit he hit Yanez with the right hand that was a combination of an uppercut and like a hook but not a 45 not like the oscar de la hoya 45 because oscar throws it from just a, a, a standing position this guy was leaning the fuck back and throwing it like almost like a cartoon uppercut, like an uppercut you would see thrown on an episode of Family Guy. Like it was, it was fucking, it was massive and it landed. And my boy Yanez, he went out. I mean, it was, it was bad. What are your thoughts on this fight, Jeff? Rob Font's known to be a hard hitter, man. Like he's, he's been around the sport for a grip. Uh, Adrian Yanez is a tough dude. I, I saw from the beginning when I saw them in the middle of the cage that Font physically looked so much larger. He and, did. And that to me was like, I was like, oh shit, man, if he hits him square up, like it's done. Like Font's got so much power, and Yanez has some. But he's more of a, you know, again, another output guy. You know, he he also looks. But he's got uh, he's got some pop. He just doesn't have the same pop as Fawn. Because he because he hit because he hit Fawn a few times. There were exchanges where I was yeah. like, okay, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. But again, it wasn't the same output as Fawn. But again, another another fun fight uh, on the uh, main card. Just you know, continuing that that right. trend. Co-main event. I slept through. I have I have zero takes on the fight itself. I wish I did. I have zero takes. Jesse, have any takes on this fight? I really don't. Uh, From what I've seen, it was kind of boring. Uh, There was uh, the the biggest take I have is just the the weird post interview where Burns accused Masvidal of 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 vaselining up. Said that he said that he he couldn't get a hold of him very well. His hands kept slipping off of him, so he was kind of forced to fight a certain way. It obviously ended in his favor, so that's fine. But uh, and then like the very next day, Burns came out and he did a a little personal video and sent it out all over the web and said, "Hey, I want to apologize for what I said. I think that I went a little too far. Like Mazadal's a stand-up guy. Blah blah blah. He kind of did like you know he pulled back a little bit, which is good because you don't want you don't want to have that bad juju on you, especially after you just won the fight. One, you look like a sore winner, which is rare." But two, you also, I mean, the guy's retiring. So I don't know why, like, I don't, what, what, like you said, what's the benefit? What's the real benefit in in this accusation other than it's merely that, an accusation? Like, you won the fucking fight, keep it moving. Uh, I will say this for Masvidal, physically, the guy looked incredible. I mean, he he did, he really, it looked like he trained, you know, something different for this fight, which means that he he has something, you know, riding on this fight. Just didn't go his way. Over under half of a fight, Mazadal. You taking the over under? Does he fight again? I think so. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Of course, of course. He probably won't fight in a cage again, but he will fight. Well, he's also got his own promotion, so he can throw himself in that shit. So there he is. Yes. 
One million percent. That's what Mayweather did. Exactly. An enormous make whop. money off yourself. Why not? Yeah, of course. He's got this guy's gonna fight again a million percent. Hey, shout out Kevin Holland for shooting his shot though, right? He's just like, well, fuck it. I mean, I I know that uh, he's trying to retire. I know that there's a chance this is his last fight tonight. But can can I get a fight? That would have been a fun fight. Would have been a, a, it would have been a fun fight. Would a banger. That would have yeah. been a banger, boy. Okay. Main event. All right. So I was I was upright for this main event, and uh, I was actually at the edge of my seat, if you will. There are very few fights where I edge of my seat, but I was at the edge of my seat for this fight, Jess. I was also on the edge of my seat for the last few minutes of that Lakers game, but we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts on this fight? We were both wrong, by the way. We both we, picked, we, uh, we, we were, were both we both picked Alex. This yeah. is kind of a good story. So he. Here's my thing with with uh, Preya, it it looked like wash, rinse, and repeat game plan as the fight that he when he won yep. and and knocked Izzy out. A matter of yep. fact, the last like few coordinated attempts, the knee, uh, the the clinch and knees and some of the short elbows that he was throwing there at the end, it would it looks almost identical to how he ended up slipping in that kick and catching Izzy. But this time, Izzy planned for it. Somehow, he just kind of maybe he felt like it was going to be something that happened. Uh, Prey is so much stronger, kind of pushed him up against the fence, trying to give you know uh, insert his will against Izzy. And Izzy just he just saw it coming, and then he hit him with that clean combo and right behind the fucking ear. And we all have seen that happen. It, it's a game changer. You get hit behind the ear. You don't know left or right, up or down. And eventually, that second shot is what put him out. Uh, Izzy, I think uh, now people do uh, seriously need to start talking about uh, is, has his middleweight run been better than Anderson Silva's? Guys, I feel like this is being spoke about a lot, and I'm not, I'm just not ready to go there. But let me say this: uh, fun fight. There are there are moments in this in the in the crossfire, if you will. Where Perea just looks so bigger, so stronger, and I I don't know how anyone in that division or I mean he's got I don't know I know they were saying two hundred five is is the next step up for him but I don't know how anyone in that division can stand with that man because there were moments where he was just exchanging with Izzy and I was like this guy can fucking knock anybody out at any time he just he hits so fucking hard I'm telling you. That George Foreman power, you're just born with it. You just God blessed you with it. Some people got it, some don't. Motherfucker can knock out an elephant. He don't need a tranquilizer. <laughs> so, but uh, Izzy, like you mentioned, just did the thing. He he did the bull matador when he needed to. He looked crisp with his kicks. He his 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 exchanges were just enough and. There, that that finishing sequence because his fight was just so good. But that finishing sequence, I've heard Izzy. Just, I I think it was uh, Poirier said, yeah, he was playing possum. And then I think Izzy retweeted it and said, yeah, I was or something. I don't know. It's always easy. It's always, hindsight is always going to be twenty twenty when you're the victor, right? Don't they say the victors always get to rewrite history? They do. But. But it, it, to me, I don't know if it was possum or if it was just, again, a, a mean exchange that they were in. If he was feeling comfortable within those exchanges because he was rolling a little bit. So they weren't doing, you know, 100% damage. But 
he uncorked on that motherfucker. I mean, he, the the uh, the the overhand that he threw, following it with the same overhand to knock him out, and then the shot at the end, yep. just excellence, absolute excellence, striking excellence. We've always said that Izzy's a top tier striker. Is he as good as Anderson Silva? No, I don't think so. Not in the striking game. I think Anderson's one of the best strikers of all time. I agree. That's not saying that Izzy is not elite. That's just saying Anderson's the best of all time. Like it's the Michael Jordan LeBron comparison now, right? Um, I've I've I don't know what they do next with Izzy. I want to see this fight again. This fight has become my Moreno uh a fucking Figueredo now. I just want to see these fucking guys fight five, six, seven times. But I, <laughs> but it, it sounds like that's not what's gonna happen. It sounds like they've got plans for Alex. I know Dana mentioned uh that he uh that he was gonna move up to 205, that the 205 is in play. And I'm sure they may, may uh, I heard Jan tweet out, I saw Jan tweet out, hey, how about I come see you at 185? So and he can get beat again? <laughs> that fight gets me horned, though. No, Jan won the first fight at 205. Yeah. So, so him coming down to 185, I feel like is a little bit more of a fair fight. But what, what power is Jan going to have at 185? And how is he going to cut? I, I don't know. It's a fight I'd want to see, but I don't know if it's the sexiest fight to make. But then again, what what fights are there to make when he's cleaned out this division? Is it Perea again? Is it Gaslam if he beats Perea? What what do they do? I don't know. I know who's it. It's not Islam, but it's another one of fucking Khabib's homies whose name I'm gonna. Isn't it Makhiev? I know his name's getting thrown around like you wouldn't believe, but. He's he's gotta he's gotta beat fucking one or two more guys. I, I will say this though, if you throw one of these uh, uh, Khabib guys in, uh, I'm not saying that it's gonna be like a wash or anything, but just the simple grappling effect that they will have on that fight is a game changer against a, a pure striker like like yeah. Adesanya. So I and I, again, gotta... I'm not saying that Adesanya can't beat him. I'm just saying that it changes your game plan a lot. And uh, and to once again come back on it, and then we'll wrap this up with some NBA. I, I don't I I don't love the conversation of Izzy's the best 185er yet. I feel like we play victim of the moment. I feel like we just did this with Usman like a month ago. So I'm not sure if I want to do this with Izzy, but it's in play. I don't know how you say it isn't in play. Anderson just had the dominance for so long. It was like the Roy Jones level dominance. And and Anderson went up to 205 and one. Now, did he go up to 205? He was undefeated at 205 until later Yeah, on did career. he go up to 205 and fight Jan? Nah, he went up and fought Forrest. Different fight. Probably, you know, paper wise, you all knew it was an easier, it definitely was an easier fight. But I, I don't know. I'm just not ready to do that yet. I got it. I got to see Izzy, yeah, and and not only that. Uh, during Anderson's run, I never saw him knocked out. I saw one close fight with Chael that he won, and that was it. I saw Izzy knocked out. I yeah. saw Izzy in a competitive fight with Gaslam X amount of years ago. He won, but I I, I can't do that. I can't have that conversation. Uh, I I'll throw this out because Michael Jordan himself has thrown it out. <laughs> Each generation has the great. Yeah. So if you just want to go that route, which no one does, everybody likes the, the goat status. 
But if yeah. you want to go that route, Anderson was, in fact, the greatest of, of his generation. And possibly Izzy is just the greatest middleweight of his. That's a, that is an incredibly fair assessment. And I've said this for as long as we've been doing the show. As MMA goes on, as it grows as a sport, MMA was in its infancy truly 20, 25 years ago. No one talks about 1993. No one talks about 1995. No one talks about the Gracies. No one talks about Ken Shamrock. No one talks about those dudes. At some point, no one's going to talk about Fedor. No one's going to talk about Nogueira. No one's going to talk about those guys. The reason we do this show, the reason we continue to bring up these guys is we're hoping that younger generations respect the guys that made, you know, laid the path, if you will, created it all for them. And that's why when people talk about LeBron and people talk about MJ. No one talks about Bill Russell. The fuck guy's got 10 rings. No one talks about, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? The other guy whose name is Casey right now, because I'm, I'm fucking forgetting the past, but we bring someone like Jeff Ricard on who's in his fifties. And he goes, nah, Kareem was actually the greatest player of all time. And y'all got it fucked up. Y'all just never saw him play like that. That's why we, you know what I'm saying? That's why you're right. It's it's a generational thing, and there's nothing wrong with saying this guy was the greatest player of this decade, and this guy was the greatest player of this decade. And it's fun to say the guys from the '60s versus the guys from the '80s versus the guys from now. And they'll do that with MMA in 20 years when they go, well, look at a guy like BJ Penn from the early 2000s, early 2005, 2006 versus whoever. Fucking Gomi the third, who <laughs> hasn't even been born yet, or is like in a diaper. You know what I mean? Like, well, hey, listen, hopefully we're still doing a show at that time, Jess. Who knows? So let's enter into your domain. Yes, quickly. And talk a I little want, NBA. We're gonna do this quick because I don't know how much time you have, and I and I don't want to be fucking you up here. Can we do this in five minutes, or what do you? We think? can do this in five minutes. So yesterday we had two play-in games: seventh place versus eighth place in the West and the East. Uh, let's start in the East because I want to give you. I want to get a little bit more thoughts on the Lakers. So let's start in the East. The East was the Atlanta Hawks versus the Miami Heat. Yeah, uh, if you were to have asked me before this, who do I think would have won this? I would have said the Miami Heat. They yep. seem to be the better coach team. They seem to be the more complete team, uh, and it did not end that way. Jay, give me some thoughts on the Hawks and Heat. I feel like I've on hashtag NBA Twitter poo pooed on Trey, on Murray, and on Clint Capella for the better part of two or three seasons. So you have to give them their just due. They showed the fuck up yesterday. Uh, showing up on the road, not only taking, uh, maintaining the lead is the thing to me. Not just having a good lead, but maintaining a lead. Because teams at home are going to make runs, and basketball is truly a game of runs. You see it all the time in games. But for them to be able to maintain their lead throughout the third and fourth quarter to me with that young roster was super impressive because they could have easily urinated all over themselves the way that the Timberwolves did last night, which we will get to next. Yes. But I uh, but I was incredibly impressed by Atlanta. Now that they get fucking swept by uh, Milwaukee, probably, or Gentleman Sweep. It'll be some close. But uh, I, I'm, I think that's who they're playing. But uh, but an in, in incredible, impressive game. 
And I hope they don't break that roster up just yet. Cause I know they've been talking about Trey and trades, but I, I hope they don't break it up yet. Cause they impressed the shit out of me. Yeah. So the, the most impressive thing about the Hawks run last night was that every, they had the lead basically the entire game. And every time Jimmy Butler would get hot, every time one of these young, you know, these Tyler heroes would get hot anytime the Hawks found a way to shut it down before it got too out of control. And we've seen uh, games where team will make that big run and just the momentum swings and Atlanta just simply didn't let the momentum swing that much. They didn't let it get out of control. They managed the lead. They managed their defense. They played tight when they had to play tight. And then they let their scores go out there and continue to score. And uh, I think that if Atlanta doesn't blow up this team, that they definitely need to add pieces because they don't have enough right now to make a championship run. But if the if certain pieces were added, I think that it, it could definitely be a championship contending team, especially in the Eastern Conference. And last night's game, I stayed up late last night watching basketball, and it's the first time in a very long time that I've done that. And one thing that I thought is, I am so excited for the West and East. Um, but let's start here. Um, last night's Laker game versus the T-Wolves. T-Wolves have a good-sized lead. They are hitting every fucking shot. They were shooting at 53% at halftime. They were like 9 for 17 on threes or something silly like that. They were hitting open shots, and the Lakers' uh, lack there of defense was pretty obvious. Did you watch this game? Do you have a few thoughts on this game, Jess? Uh, what I saw was a tiny bit, especially towards the end, like second half, what I saw was a tiny bit of vintage LeBron. When he was younger, he wasn't so afraid to drive to the hole. He knew he was the bigger player. He knew he was the stronger athlete. He knew that he could get to the hole and just take that strong first step. We saw that last night where LeBron kind of decided, like, you know, th I don't have a lot of runs left. And so he, he at times would just kind of put the team on his back. And instead of settling for the jumper, instead of uh, settling for the pass, he actually took the ball in himself and did damage in the middle of that defense, which is hard to do because that Minnesota defense is pretty tough in the middle. Uh, I think that that was really a difference maker towards the end of the game. And then you add in some of these guys like, uh, uh, I, hey, you 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 anti-gun people, you're going to hate this, but AR, the new AR-15 is Austin Reeves, baby. That guy, he is oh, a guy. He's a, he's a baller, man. He's out okay. there. He just plays team ball. If he gets the ball in a scoring position, he'll, he'll score. He'll play some solid defense. He just rattles people. And Alex, he played well, too. Alex Caruso 2.0 is going to get paid, baby. Let me <laughs> he, tell you. Jess, uh, let me say this. the That Minnesota team urinated all over themselves in the second half. The Lakers, again, game of runs. Basketball is a game of runs. But for them to not be able to fucking hit a shot going late into the third and the fourth quarter, for them to have that big gap where I know the whistles aren't going your way. I know you're on the road. Uh, I don't. I know you're missing Gobert. You're missing another another key guy, right? Your sixth man, if you will. I don't give a shit. You have Cat and you have Anthony Edwards. You have Mike Conley. You call a fucking timeout. You pull everyone together and go, okay, who's gonna pull their dick out right now? Because someone needs to. Hey, we all gotta stop looking at each other white as ghosts, and someone's gotta fucking pull their dick out. Get to the free throw line. Hit a big shot. Fucking be a man. And none of those guys did it. They all fucking disappeared. Anthony Edwards, and I know he's young, 
And I know you just may chalk it up to a young guy inexperienced having these big game moments. But this guy fucking no call, no showed in that second half. Like you would not believe and no call. No. He took a pretty big fall. So like, I don't want to like completely shit on him. I- Shout out to boy Al Wallen who, who, who called it out, if you will, who said, Hey, I think uh, Anthony Edwards might've got hurt in the second quarter. Cause he took a big spill, almost fell on his head and then ended up just falling on his shoulder. Uh, maybe he got injured there. Maybe he got banged up there. Cause after that, he just wasn't the same guy, but they just no showed at the end of that game. They allowed the Lakers to get hot. They allowed the Lakers to warm up at home. They allowed the crowd to get back into it. They allowed old mo momentum to take over. And the Lakers did their thing. They did their thing. LeBron, like you said, he's going to have those vintage moments, but I'm not sure if they have enough. I don't know sure. if he has enough gas in the tank. I'm not sure if they have enough firepower for this team collectively playing together to be able to make a run in the West because the West is just too stacked, Jess. The, the West is very stacked. I do – okay, so I'm not a Lakers guy by any means, but – uh, in the late, the latter part of the season, they they made a lot of really smart moves. I hadn't seen them make like smart moves. They're they're we're used to seeing them bring in these big aging stars to try to fill LeBron's like roster. Uh, but instead, we saw them bring in what was it? I believe it was D'Angelo Russell. Uh, we we saw them bring in a, a couple other guys that just were really important key guys that helped them go on that run late in the season. And end up in the position where they are now, where they they went in and beat the top, the the higher seeded uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and now they're they're heading back into the playoffs. As far as what they have left in the tank, last night I think was uh, was more proof in the pudding that they don't really have a lot. Because legitimately speaking, you are correct, sir. The Minnesota Timberwolves should have smashed that game. It should never even been close. The the Lakers should have been sent home with their tails between their legs, looking forward to Cabo. Instead, they're moving on to the playoffs. So uh, I, I don't think that they have enough to get past another round. But for all you Laker fans out there who are enjoying this, hey, man, soak it up. Is it, you know, I don't know how many more runs they got. Should we save? Our power three in the east and west till next week. Yeah, I don't I mean, know how you're running out of time. We, uh, we can, we can, if you want to, we can do the power three, or we can just predict uh, tonight's games. Who are tonight's games? I've already forgotten. That's we we I got am. Chicago and Toronto in the east, and then we got the Thunder and the Pelicans out west. Those those kind of, those games both kind of stink. Yeah, um, stinky games. Here are my power three in the East. I think everyone's gonna have. I think everyone's gonna have the same three. It's the Bucks, it's Philly, and it's the Jesus. Other Celtics. Yeah, those are the three, right? Is there anyone I'm missing, or or is there anyone in there you like? No, no, you're 100 right. Like, uh, if if you got to pick a top three, those are the top three. The Eastern Conference has been like this for a long time now. Where there's usually only two, three, maybe four potential teams at the top. Everybody else is kind of m- 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 mid. And uh, I mean, what you gonna pick Cleveland over Philly? Like it's not gonna happen, right? Like I mean, Donovan Mitchell's cool. He's had a great year, but it's because he's a superstar, and that's what superstars do. Too young. And in the West, so there's a lot of great teams in the West, and I'm just really excited for these teams to beat up on each other. And I and there's and there's too much talk on the Lakers, and I know. It's like the Yankees. It's like the Cowboys. They draw rating. Therefore, people are going to talk about them. But 
I love the Warriors, of course. Homerism uh, to the side. I kind of like Denver, so I'm going to stick him in my power three. And my sneaky third one, and I don't even know if they're that sneaky. I think Memphis might be able to make a run here, Jess. My power three, I also have a sneaky, not so sneaky team. Uh, Denver, I've been super high on in the past. Not as high. They're healthy going in. Not as not as high. I I I want to see some proof that they can go in and win playoff games. Okay, but they are going to be in my power three. So Denver, um, I'm going to go the Phoenix Suns. Ah, of course. You cannot you cannot say enough about what Kevin Durant brings to a basketball team. I mean, you had him for a couple years and won championships with that guy. He is potentially the greatest scorer of all time, just flat out scorer. Uh, and he's gonna if Booker can get on the same page and Mikael Bridges can get on the same page, if some of those young guys can get on the same page, I could I can definitely see Phoenix making a run for for a, a championship game. Here's here's why Phoenix doesn't make my three, and it's the same theory I've always had. Anytime we've talked basketball, you've got to have some familiarity with your teammates and when you add a guy like Kevin Durant to your team it's not just an easy fix and all of a sudden you go to the finals They've Booker has to get used to Katie Katie has to get used to Booker Aiden has to get used to Katie Katie has to get, and vice versa they have to know where they like the ball at they have they, they have to know most importantly in game scenarios when there's two minutes left and about four or five possessions here and you guys are down five, are we just getting the fuck out of the way for KD? Is Booker okay with that? Is Aiden okay with that? Aiden's always had issues with coaching. Now all of a sudden he's going to be okay with deferring and being third or fourth guy some nights. Uh, I, I, I am again, once again, of the theory, you got to play 40, 50 games together. You got to go through a little bit. You got to have those losing experience where you go, okay, hey, listen, we have this happen. This won't happen again. You watch this on film together. This won't happen again. They don't have those growing scenarios. They haven't went through the growing pains to be able to, to just mosey into the Western champion, Western finals. I don't see it. My number three, I'm going to piggyback off you, and it's not because I am a homer, obviously, of the Golden State Warriors. But I believe in what Jay, what you were just saying. When you play long enough together, the playoffs are a completely different beast. If you've had continuity in your team, and I don't think any franchise has had the same type of continuity as the Golden State Warriors over the past six, seven years, maybe. Uh, they still got all their main guys. They all can still do the basically the same things. I mean, Steph's a three-point guy. He doesn't need to drive. He doesn't need to take bumps. He stands out and he shoots because he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. That's what great shooters do. Uh, I mean, you look at all these guys that they have. Draymond's still kind of like doing Draymond things. Rebounds, gets in people's faces, frustrates offensive players, makes them, you know, turn the ball over. And then you got just some of these role guys that are young up-and-comers like Jordan Poole who can step in and he can provide an offensive, uh, an offensive spark. So I trust them more than I do Memphis, and I definitely trust them more than Sacramento, and I definitely trust them more than the L.A. Clippers. So my three in the West are Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. Hit the wrap-it-up button.
All right, folks, thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. The NBA playoffs are getting fired up right now, so we will be deep in the NBA. I'm going to force Jesse to do shows every week while there's playoffs. It's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of NBA playoff action. We're going to talk a lot of shit. We're going to do a lot of stats. We're going to talk a lot of basketball. There's uh, also UFC stuff coming up. Max Holloway's got a big fight coming up. We're probably not going to touch on that until after the fight. But we will hit on a. It's going to be heavy mixed martial arts, heavy NBA for probably the next couple, like next month or so. Uh, so prepare yourself, uh, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Please join us on Twitter. It's our only form of social media. You can follow me at JTT81. You can follow my man Jason at Valdez, spelled backwards, five five nine. And then you can follow the pod at Team Toss Twenty One. And don't forget our supporting network, Variety Sports Network. Uh, at variety underscore sports underscore. That's it. Enjoy the rest of your day. He's got.